Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Frank Fleming, and you are listening to my brand new podcast, a gun podcast for people who don't know shit about guns. This is a podcast for the new gun owners out there, or maybe just people wanting to own a firearm for the first time, and the goal of this podcast is to help guide them in their journey and keep them from making stupid, dangerous, and otherwise cringeworthy mistakes and also help undo some of the lure that mainstream media has put out there about guns. So just stick around, and we'll get on with today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about how I became a gun nerd. Yep, we're going to be, this episode is going to be focused really heavily on me, uh, my backstory, what I'm about, and just how I got to where I am today. So without beating around the bush, let's just jump jump straight to it. So I got my first gun when I was five, five or six. It was a BB gun. It wasn't a real gun. And uh, I remember when I got it, my dad sat me down, and he was like, hey, I know you've seen the Christmas movie where they tell Ralphie, they don't shoot his eye out. And he was like, look, we just got to go over some gun safety rules. And he, you know, he, he let me know. He was like, hey, you know, this is, this is not a toy. It's not a real gun, but it's also not a toy. You do not shoot people with it. You do not shoot property with it. You do not shoot cars. Don't shoot animals. You're, you're probably not going to kill an animal. But at the same time, you will hurt it. And he was really wrong about it not killing small birds. Because by God, a BB gun will totally kill a small bird at a close range. I know from experience. So, um, moving on. After I got to be about 7 or 8, I remember my dad telling me, Hey, you know, you need to save up your money. And if you can save up to 100 bucks, I'll allow you to buy a pellet gun which is a lot larger and bigger than a BB gun. You, you can most definitely kill squirrels and other small game with the, with these pellet guns. So got my money saved up, bought the gun, <clears throat> and um, it was a .177 caliber, and it was just one single pump, and you're ready to go. Like, no, like, 10 pumps, 20 pumps, none of that. Just one single pump, and it was hard as heck, too, to, to get that sucker to to pump like it should or whatever. Um, and I remember I had a lot of really fond memories just going out into the yard. And I usually just target, target practice shot, but I did kill a handful of small game. Uh, I went through a little squirrel killing phase where like just every time I saw a squirrel, I had to kill it. And uh, which, you know, in hindsight, eh, is it irresponsible? Yes and no, because... I remember the first time I ever killed a squirrel, the sadness that, that came over me, and I was like, dang, like, that, that, if it wasn't for me, that thing would still be alive. And and that's a very good sign. Like, anytime you kill anything, you should have sadness, because it is a sad thing. Um, but we're not talking about hunting or early child hunting experiences, uh, not that I didn't have them. Uh, so after the pellet gun... Uh, when I was 10 or 11, my dad gave me his old bolt-action 22 rifle. And he was like, hey, this is yours. And he goes, it was mine. Uh, I gave it to your brother. Uh, your brother outgrew it, got his own guns. He was like, and so now I'm just kind of giving it to you. And so on that note, 
even though it was mine, it stayed locked up in his gun safe. I never had access to it when he wasn't around. I definitely wasn't able to load it or go shoot it outside because we lived in the city. Uh, I was only able to shoot it when we were going to the big boy gun ranges. And um, I'll tell you, there there's something... I don't want to say magical, but, like, it's very uh, thrilling when you're a child and you're at the big boy gun range, which is which is very loud, and uh, you get to shoot an actual pew-pew next to the other guys. And, you know, some, some of these 22s now, <laughs> like, especially, like, if you get, like, a, a AR or an AK chambered in 22, they look really close to the real thing. Not completely, but, I mean, close enough. And uh, so it, it, it makes a child feel very grown up. And on that note, if you are a person that is thinking about getting into guns or maybe you've just bought your first gun and you've got small children and you're wondering uh, whether or not you should take them to the range, I would start them off like I got started off. Go buy them a BB gun. Explain to them that it's not a toy and that, you know, and, you know, how to keep their finger off the trigger until they're about to shoot. And I mean, I know I sound like a broken record, uh, but these safety things are things that do need to constantly be brought up because even I myself, who is, I wouldn't say I'm an expert expert on guns, but I'm pretty knowledgeable and I'm very comfortable with guns. And that's, that's the dangerous part when you get comfortable because you can get too comfortable to a point to where you almost get negligent. So constantly bringing up safety um, issues and ways to go about handling guns is very uh, important to not having negligent accidents. So if your kid's like 10 years old, dude, they're totally ready for a 22 uh, rifle. And if the bolt action's too slow for them, you can get them the little AR or the AK or whatever, but I would I'd start them off with like a little cricket bolt action twenty two because that's that's just so the perfect gun for a little kid because they don't need a, a semi automatic rifle like when when they're that young um, the, the important thing is to teach them and set them up for how to aim properly how to hit their targets how to get on target how to sight in their gun, because these are fundamental basics that if they don't have, if they just jump into the big fun guns like ARs and AKs, and it's, 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 like, it's like handing a gun to a monkey. Like, I mean, yeah, they can get it to shoot, but they're not going to shoot it properly, and they're probably going to hurt themselves or somebody else. Um, but I think that early exposure for children is also very important because uh, it's the adults that were not around guns as kids that are more dangerous than the adults that were around guns with kids. Because when you're brought up around it, it's just second nature. Like, you just know the rules. Like, I was, I, I remember any time a handgun was brought out whenever uh, my dad was having friends over or whatever, I always knew not to touch it, that it was off limits, that if I did touch it, I'd get in big trouble. And if I ever found myself in a situation where I was holding one, to like instantly go find an adult and be like, here, take this from me before something really fucked up happens. But, you know, when you teach your kids that kind of safety and that kind of mentality, it follows them for the rest of their life. And so without turning this into a 
kids and gun safety episode, which I'll probably do later on down the road. Uh, I just wanted to bring that out there that, you know, don't feel like you can't bring your kids to the range because you totally can. Just keep an eye on them. If you got a kid that's fidgety and uh, lacks impulse control and runs around, eh, maybe don't bring them. Uh, or if you do, bring the baby daddy, the baby mama, a friends, whoever, somebody to watch the kid while the other one shoots and you all trade off because um, one of the craziest, scariest things I've ever w- witnessed in my life, and I should have put this in the last episode that I did where I was talking about scary gun, uh, gun range incidences, is I actually saw a kid run out onto a, a hot range. He, uh, he had a ball uh, or something that he was playing with, and he lost control of it, and it bounced off over onto the range, and without waiting and stopping for everything to go cold, he just ran straight out to it, and his, his dad freaked out. He's like, gold, 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 and luckily, you know, we all, you know, hit a cold range. I think I think some people were, like, freaking out, throwing their guns down, like, well, what's wrong, and then, you know, we look, and we're like, oh, shit, there's a kid on the range. That could be bad. And uh, I remember several people were like, hey, you, you need to go. Uh, you, you know, we, we can't have a child's death on the range because you can't watch it. Watch him. You know, we hate it for you, but you, you got to scram. You got to go. So, like, like I said, don't be scared to take your kids to gun ranges. Maybe if you can find a friend that has land or a private gun range, start them out there. Uh, because, like I said, um, active gun ranges or public gun ranges, I should say, they're very loud places. I mean, any gun range is a loud place. And I remember when I was a kid, they didn't make ear pros for uh, children. They didn't have the... They had the earmuffs, but they were all for, fitted for adults. And I always got stuck with the little earplugs, the little foam earplugs that you had to wad up and stick in your ear. And uh, I, I guess it's just the way my ears are. I can never get them to stay in, and they just fall out. So um, definitely make sure your kids have good ear protection on because I think that might be a little bit of a contribution to my own hearing loss and that battles with tinnitus um, uh, is that, that early exposure to be like and uh, when I was a teenager we used to just not wear ears because we had to show how freaking tough we were we'd be like ah that didn't hurt fire another round <sighs> yeah keep firing what yeah, so that's where that, that, that went. But, um, yeah, so back on track uh, to my gun experiences as a young adult. So, obviously, I'm not just going to tell everybody uh, in the government uh, every firearm that I own. Uh, so, um, I'll, I'll try to keep it as vague as possible. So when I got to be about 13 or 14, uh, I got a 20-gauge shotgun, and that was my first time that I ever got to go dove hunting, like actual bird hunting, not just pecking innocent little tiny birds that you can't even eat out of the backyard. And, man, I have a lot of good memories of going dove hunting with my dad. We only went three or four times, I think, and uh, the last time we went, the the gun range uh, or the field we were at, uh, was so overcrowded and there were so many people and it just it wasn't that much fun but if you can get to a field with just like a, a small group of buddies dude you can have a real blast and uh, that's also something that I think is fundamental for raising a child is letting them get that early 
hunting experience because they really need to learn how to value life and you can't value life unless you've taken a life obviously of an animal <laughs> but um and i it it it, it really is uh, really sad. I mean, if you're an emotional person, and I mean, I've seen kids, you know, break down and cry because the animal died slow and painful or whatever. And, and even though that sucks and, you know, you try to avoid that, it does happen. And you can turn that into a positive experience by just explaining to the kid, hey, you know, you, you, you weren't accurate enough with your shot. Like, you know, you, you should have been better. And, you know, so to not let this happen next time before you take that shot, make sure you know in your heart that you're going to hit where you need to hit so that the thing doesn't have to suffer. And again, this isn't a, a hunting episode because I, I probably will never do a hunting episode. I don't know. I might. Uh, I'm not a big hunter. I'm a, I'm a target shooting uh, guy, sports shooter. Um and uh, I like maybe I'll get into that in another episode about why I don't hunt. Uh, but on that note, I I think hunting and the having the knowledge of hunting, it's very important, especially if shit hits the fan, and you got to provide for yourself. If you don't know how to field dress a deer, uh, let alone set one up to be be killed, you're gonna starve. <laughs> Like, it's as simple as that. Like, like having hunting and fishing knowledge is very important. Like, I fish for fun on the regular. Like, I mean, any time that I can get out on the water and catch me a few bass or brim, crappie, whatever, like, that is just, like, some of the most, most fun I can have in life. And it's some of the most relaxing times that I can have. Like, I have so much downtime relaxing through fishing and um you can do you can do the same with hunting it just i guess it's however you're wired and programmed and uh i definitely did more fishing as a kid than i did hunting and um yeah i guess maybe that's why to this day i still prefer fishing to hunting but like i said i i have the knowledge i probably do need to go on another hunting trip sometime soon because it's been over 10 years since the last time i went but um yeah definitely an important skill to know because i mean if you're not a hunter or if you can't hunt and you can't fish you're a beggar if she hits the fan you're a beggar you're like hey buddy can i can i buy this from you if you have money uh who's to say that you know money doesn't collapse and then what are we, then then what are we, what are we doing we're bartering and trading and if you don't and you know if you have a good set of skills you can use that skill set in order to barter and trade but if you don't have any skills what are you going to do? And again, that's that's another episode. I'm 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 starting so many episodes. It's so crazy when I do these little podcasts. I'll get so many ideas for future episodes and I'll be like, "No, don't talk about it." So, uh moving on. Uh after I got that gun, uh I think I got uh breech loaded 16 gauge or 12 gauge something like that and it's old and outdated uh never took it hunting took it target shooting a couple times which i mean you don't really target shoot with a shotgun you can shoot clays with a shotgun and that is fun like if you can ever like find a, a sports shooting clay range dude so much fun and again a, a fantastic sport to get young kids into 
Um, let's see. So I guess we'll just jump into the, the the real young adult stuff. So my first pistol was my grandmother's thirty eight special after she died. And um, I remember that gun being very special to me because I remember that it was hers. And the fact that I, you know, it, I, I, I'm a very sentimental person. So when somebody leaves me something like that, I, I hold it very dear and special. Um, not, that, not that I use it because I don't. But um, the first gun I ever purchased was a Taurus 380. And my God, what a piece of shit that gun was! Like I know, I I know, I the, the, just the last episode I talked a lot of smack about revolvers, but I swear to God, I would rather have that thirty-eight special than any Taurus anything. And you know what? If somebody tried to pay me to take a dump on Taurus, I wouldn't do it. I'll do it for free because I have so much animosity built up for that gun manufacturer that like I almost hate them more than High Point because at least when you go out and buy a High Point. You know you're getting a cheap piece of shit, but that's just it. You can get a high point for like 199 bucks, maybe 150 if you're go to the right pawn shop, and that's any caliber, nine millimeter, 45, 40, and you, you just know you're buying a cheap gun, and if it fails on you, eh. Uh, that being said, high points, huh? If you watch any Demolition Ranch videos, you'll find those high points do be pretty uh, durable. So, I mean, I I would own one just for lols, just to, just as a gag. Just be like, hey, look, my high point, my ghetto blaster. <laughs> but as far as, like, um, expecting it to protect my life, no. No way. And I feel the same way about Taurus, because uh, that little Taurus 380 that I got, um, it never failed. After you got about two or three magazines through it, it just start jamming every other round, and you're like, dang, you know, like, why, why am I trusting my life to this piece of shit that jams every other round? Unless you clean it, you know. If I, if I, if I shoot two magazines and then uh, sit there and uh, break it down and clean it at the range and start firing again, I wouldn't have too many issues. But I mean, uh, t- dude, who has the time to sit there and clean their gun at a shooting range? Like, shooting ranges are for shooting, not cleaning. <clears throat> The uh the cleaning of your gun, <clears throat> that's for you know afterwards. Like and that's that's another thing that I I left out on like my range episode. Like I I have so many friends that just don't clean their guns, and it just it pisses me off because I'm like you lazy piece of shit. Like break it down and clean it. I don't care if you fired one shot or a hundred. Like. That's that's part of the culture of being a gun, a gun enthusiast. So if you are listening to my channel and you don't know shit about guns and you're thinking about getting into guns, just know you have a, you have <clears throat> you have a, a an expectancy of you that after you fire your gun, you take it home, you get you some lunch, and then you spend the rest of the afternoon cleaning your guns or gun. <clears throat> and it doesn't take that long to clean your guns. Sorry about that. I had a a little bit of a, I'm, I'm getting over being sick, so had to clear my throat. Um, so it doesn't take that long to clean, clean your guns. And here's a here's a, a pro tip for later on in the game. The more you shoot your gun without cleaning it, the more it will malfunction. I don't care if it's a pistol, bolt action rifle, semi-automatic rifle. If you don't maintain your weapon, it's gonna fuck up on you. So it's kind of like that age-old adage. You take care of it, 
it'll take care of you. So after my unfortunate experiences with the Taurus, I went out and got me a Glock, and that started it all. I was instantly a Glock fanboy for the longest time, and I I know I knew I used to annoy my friends so badly because I would just be like Glock 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 Glock, uh, which uh, is just obnoxious. I mean about anything, but I mean you know it, it, when you when you become a fanboy of anything, you're you're going to become obnoxious. First rifle I ever purchased for myself was a Mosin the Gaunt, and that sucker was from, like, I think, if I remember correctly, uh, the stamp on it said 1938, and, I mean, that's an old gun, like, it's not quite 100 years yet, but just some, just some quick knowledge for you future gun nerds out there, the patent for the Mosin the Gaunt came out in 1891, so that, that gun is, I like, the, 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 build for the gun is over 100 years old and i'm i'm a huge gun history buff and so anytime i get my hands on a historical gun that i know probably saw action i just melt and i'm like gosh you know you you, you stroke it and you're like that you can feel the history in the wood grain and so yeah with stuff like that i do get pretty sentimental and caught up with um after that of course i had to buy an ar just because all my friends had one. I mean, if you live in the South, I promise you, just about every guy owns an AR. I don't care how liberal or conservative or libertarian they say they are. I promise you. And unless they're just, for whatever reason, anti-gun nut, you know, uh, they they probably, at some point in time, if they're a guy, at least... They, they have had an AR. Now, I'm not saying that's for every guy, for sure, but the majority in the South now, not the entire United States, uh, at some point in time, at least, has either owned or had access to an AR. Uh, and so, um, after that, I got bored with the AR. I got into some AKs, and, and now I'm an AK guy. Like, I... I totally got got pulled over to the AK side, and I'll, I'll, I'll fanboy over them any day of the week. And um, in probably my next episode, I'm going to get over the difference between actual military arms, like M4s, and clones, like AR-15s and AKM variants. Because there is a difference. Like, it really does, like, get under my skin when somebody's like, oh, dude, sweet AK-47 you got there. And I'm like, yeah, bro, it's not really an AK-47. It's just an AK modern variant. And they, they, of course, have no idea as to what I'm saying. But um, uh, what what later sparked my gun nerdiness is uh, GunTube on YouTube. And I would watch these different content creators talk about their guns. And I'd be like, hey, you know, that does look fun to shoot. And I remember even back when I was a kid, I just had this, this goal in my head. It's like, man... If I could just own one of every caliber, one of every pistol, one of every rifle, I would be set. And I, uh, unfortunately, have started traveling down that route, and Jesus Christ, it is so financially crippling. Like, I, like there are so many other things I could have gotten into, but no. I mean, I had to get into guns and owning every single one of them. Like, I, I, I could have gone with golf. 
and golf's expensive too. But like at least after you get like a set number of clubs, like that, that's it. Like you can't get any more clubs. Uh, but still, g- golf is very expensive to get into, and that's why I don't play it. I will probably never play it. Uh, and all my money is currently going to guns and drones. But anyway, moving on. Uh, aside from watching the gun tube channels, and then I would get a gun that I would like, and then you gotta break it down, learn how it works, learn how to clean it. Uh, you start getting into figuring out that the different ammo grain, like ammo grains, count, windage. And uh, when I really got started getting into long-range target shooting, and, you know, long-range is anything past, for me, two, three hundred yards. So, two, three, four hundred yards, that's the extent of my long-range. And people shoot out to a thousand. But um, I was at a gun range one day, and I'm shooting at, uh, like, three hundred yards. And uh, there's a guy sitting next to me, and he's got the whole setup. He, uh, I want to say he was shooting, like, a... he was I think he was shooting a 300 win mag and uh he was hitting every shot me I would like hit I'd miss I'd hit I'd hit I'd miss I'd miss I'd miss I'd hit and this guy kind of like looks at me and he's like you're not doing the math kid and I was like what he was like yeah you're not doing the math you're just you're just you're just eyeballing it which you can do that you are hitting sometimes but look at me. He was like, I'm, you know, I'm uh, calculating the wind. I'm calculating the drop. How many grains my bullets? Because do you even know how many grains your bullets have? And I was like, No, I don't. He was like, well, Look at the box. Box tells you. And uh, he said something to me that day that has stuck with me for my entire life. He said, Son, long range target shooting is just weaponized math. And I've never been big into math. I've never been good with math. But the fact that I was like, holy crap. I was like, you mean you're hitting every target every time because you're doing math calculations? And he just smiled and he said, yeah. He was like, I'm a physics professor, by the way. And I was like, son of a fucking bitch. Like, I never would have thought that I'd be speaking to a physics professor at a freaking gun range. And, uh, yeah, the the whole weaponized math deal, like, dude, it was just, like, it gave me goosebumps the first time I heard it. I was like, golly, I gotta get really good at math. But aside from going to gun ranges, going to gun stores, looking at guns, shopping gun broker online, an arms list online, I read a lot. So I would go and get guns and ammo magazines and stuff from the Barnes & Noble read through them, and there's so much you can just learn, and the more you learn, the more you become good at it, and, you know, I remember, uh, you know, sometimes I'll take a buddy from work out to a shooting range, and they either don't shoot a lot, or they don't shoot at all, and they shoot with me, and they're like, golly, you're so good, you are so good, and I'm like, dude, I'm average at best, I just appear really good to you, because, you have no skill. Like, you haven't taken the time to acquire the knowledge and the skill set that I have to just be what I consider a- a- average. 
But anyway, folks, I think I'm going to have to start wrapping it up because this episode has gone way longer than any of my other episodes. Uh, Starting out, I decided that I really wanted to try to keep my episodes between 15 and 20 minutes long just because that's that's all I would want to take time to listen to a podcast like this for. And here we are at the 27 mark. So with that being said, I think I'm going to start my outro. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, You are appreciated. And, um, yeah. Well, folks, that wraps up this episode of a podcast for people who don't know shit about guns. Please like and subscribe so that you know when I post in future episodes. The goal is to post one episode a week. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and if you feel like I've left anything out, please do let me know in the comments. And on that note, I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.